Hi everyone, I am Pragya and I am Nishtha and we are your hosts for the podcast Intersectional Feminism Desi Style brought to you by Feminism in India. In today's episode, we are talking about body image and mental health. So, you know Pragya, I sometimes really feel like it's impossible absolutely impossible to be existing in today's society and consuming any kind of content online tv uh, newspapers magazines without having people shove an ideal body down our throat like it, you you can't you can't there is no bubble from which you can escape people telling you what your bodies should look like right everybody pop culture media music adverts family society everybody has an opinion on what our bodies should be looking like and in today's episode we're going to be deconstructing and talking about these ridiculous standards of beauty that have a really harmful effect on our mental health nishtha when you mentioned uh, about ideal body type i think i have to confess that i too have perpetuated internalized and even been a victim of this entire construct of uh, an ideal body type and this ideal body type we often kind of think that it's a static construct you know that all of us are we are trying to achieve a particular standard of beauty or a particular standard of body but it's not true it's changing every single day and these ideals were very different say 10 years ago and now it has become so different and we women often find ourselves at the receiving end of these uh, beauty standards and we try to then accommodate ourselves within these ideal body types and standards that are set for us by the societies i agree and understand what you're saying and i personally can't even pinpoint to one space in my life where this entire socialization process of what I should be looking like began I remember uh, my family people in school everybody was just full of so many suggestions for what I could do to get taller our listeners can't see us obviously this is a podcast but um just to give everybody a heads up I'm I'm pretty short I'm like 5 feet tall so I feel like growing up there was this constant pressure on me that you need to do something to get tall you need to do something to get tall and this is just so prevalent in our families and schools it's like these are their first socialization spaces and they really really try to put one ideal down your throat don't they they do nishtha they uh, certainly do like you mentioned the society is to blame and we also have to recognize that sometimes it is not other people that are trying to dictate us but we also internalize these ideas i mean i totally confess that i have uh, internalized various sets of ideals uh, even within the feminist circles there are beauty ideals uh, or there are you know there are certain ideals that are transgressed and certain are not and we are all guilty of of abiding by certain kinds of body ideals and body standards and uh, failing to say resist them Yeah so so what happens is that when we internalize these ideas we become subjects of our own surveillance what we try to do is that then we keep on trying to diet we subject our bodies to fitness regimes and all of those things and these are not the most feminist ideals like we would 
think they are but they require us to think about ourselves think about our bodies a little bit more it's not easy it's not a one day process but we can start engaging with these ideas and probably try to think about why we abide by certain body ideals and then we try to fight certain others one can't really talk about body shaming and the sort of chaos honestly that's been created in regards to our relationship with our bodies without mentioning just how much of a role pop culture plays in all of this not only have films played a very big role in pushing and advocating for one kind of body they've also done a lot of harm to anybody who's different you pick up films of the early like late 90s early 2000s which are the kind of which are the kind of films that we grew up like our generation grew up watching there was either a caricaturization of certain kinds of body or they were villainized if if you're fat then you're funny you know that's 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 the role that you're given you're somebody who's not to be taken seriously uh you're somebody who's who's present for comic relief you know that makes you wonder that when you're growing up and you're kind of understanding how the world works and how you're developing uh ideas and notions and you you have somebody telling you that fat people are not to be taken seriously that's just something that i fail to understand i mean what what are our films and tv shows trying to tell us that fat people can't fall in love short people can't fall in love beautiful people can't be evil like i it's a really messed up system that has kind of evolved and and i wonder like how how would you how do you dismantle something like this i personally find it very difficult to follow influencers especially fashion influencers on my social media accounts uh because i come continuously become very aware of how my body is so different than their bodies which are so toned so so flawless like they almost look flawless also because of filters and all of those things but in general too like they their bodies are appreciated their bodies are uh, kept at a pedestal and i know that my body is not the same and honestly i also try following more body positive influencers more body positive content creators who not only talk about say body positivity in the sense that all bodies are great kind but they practice it in their content creation which is which is so important because because we consume a lot of content these days most of them are superficial i i don't want to be offensive but it is what it is right and it makes me feel in a certain way it makes me feel inadequate and i'm sure that a lot of our listeners would also agree when i say this and speaking of the whole influencer market i think we also need to address the growth and existence of the beauty industry in india and essentially also capitalism a lot of people are making a lot of money feeding off of our insecurities right the indian beauty market which was valued at 6.5 billion dollars in 2017 is expected to exceed 20 billion dollars by 2025 or take for example fair and lovely oh well they're glow and lovely now but they just changed their name to kind of capitalize on a new trend and did not really take any responsibility for the harm that they has caused their product is essentially the same they're still selling a skin lightening product so 
they've just given us a new name as a lollipop and that's how capitalism works it's not taking any responsibility it's not changing the way it is it's just making money and a lot of money off of our insecurities i'm glad that you mentioned capitalism and it only gets funnier you know because there are companies like nestle and other food based companies who sell you both diet plans and fatty foods so what they do is that they are trying to sell you everything so they are trying to sell you products that might lead to weight gain or weight loss or whatever and they are also trying to police you in very different ways and tell you that you know you uh, okay you have had a piece of chocolate but now you might need to get rid of that extra weight that you put on because of the chocolate so here is a new product we have a i don't know we have a particular dietary food or something that will slim you uh, and this is the way capitalism tries to play with all the insecurities that you have about your body and make profits out of it so to tell us a little bit more about everything that we've spoken about till now we have purnima singh who's the content strategist here at FII and supriya joshi the famous comedian who are going to be telling us a little bit about how exactly this socialization process works when talking about the construction of an ideal body growing up i always felt like i have to compensate for being fat because that's what i've been told right by everyone beat my family of tens or the world at large and even that compensation sometimes isn't enough like i have had people come up to me and tell me acha ye sab to theek hai but ab weight bhi lose kar lo also to be noted as a weird obsession with health and being healthy when we bring up conversations about fatness and body positivity or body neutrality for that matter you'll often hear people say that you know at the end of the day if you're fat you're unhealthy and obesity is an epidemic and um it's a gateway to many other diseases and therefore you should lose weight and put an end to this problem but what we fail to address is how fat people are systemically discriminated against um we have healthcare professionals providing negligent treatment um uh, misdiagnosing fat individuals um and we have entire billion dollar industries that promote diet culture and weight loss products for profits then uh we have people who've been taught to hate fat people so much that we cannot even agree on the fact that okay yes a fat person might be unhealthy but that doesn't mean they can't lead a dignified life um i mean even our everyday experiences that fat people are extremely dehumanizing right from the language we use to just our own unconscious acceptance of the fact that, that like there's something wrong with uh, fatness and fat people you know ever since we were young we were growing up all we've seen on our media be it television films everywhere is basically how desirable a woman is uh depends on how good she looks so that really has an influence on how a child grows up to see themselves as so if you don't look a certain way then obviously it means you should feel bad about yourself and this is an idea that has been pushed by um advertisers and companies who are trying to tell you that you are not good enough and you can get good enough if you buy this product so it's essentially that i think purnima and supriya put it out so well for us about how fat people are systematically discriminated against through these diet cultures and fitness regimes you know and talking about weight loss uh, and weight loss products along with that i think the body positivity movement also fails to adequately capture about how our bodies are 
political. Many of these ideals uh, tell us what is desirable and what is not. And they have very casteist, colonial, racist and transphobic roots. Say, for example, light skin and tall, fair bodies that we often see in our movies and pop culture, they're always celebrated and they're always encouraged. And what happens is that beauty then becomes segregated into very strict binaries of gender. And this ends up leaving a lot of trans people and people from the queer community feel that they're outside the ambit of these gender binaries and therefore the ambit of what is desirable and what is not. Exactly. And you know what? I also feel that this constant erasure of bodies and not having representation in popular media, like we were talking about earlier, can have a further bad effect on the mental health of people from marginalized communities. Like, I can't think of any representation in any pop culture of trans bodies, disabled bodies, Dalit and Bahujan bodies. There's nothing. There's no, there's no recognition of the fact that they actually have different body types and there's almost no acknowledgement of that. So just to tell us a little bit more about this and to speak from their own personal experiences, we have Anusha Mishra with us who's a disability rights activist as well as Riju Banerjee who's somebody who identifies as a trans woman to talk about how they have often not found enough space for conversation around their bodies in any sphere of life. I feel like there's a discomfort with disabled bodies existing and thriving in society. Uh, Disabled folks are stripped not only of their right to live with equality and dignity, but we are also denied our right to express ourselves and our sexuality freely. The empowerment of disabled folks might take years and years Because we've all grown up in a very able-bodied world with able-bodied structures of self-care and empowerment. Um, Also, there's also this thing of systematic oppression, which is again very political. Now, marginalized self-care would imply finding a community of care. Communities which aren't afraid to show vulnerability, Communities that provide us with a sense of belonging, um, you know, after we face a lifetime of exclusion and alienation, we need somewhere where we can truly belong. Um, you know, a reality marked by solidarity and struggle. A reality where we defy our colonial ableist history of of beauty of friendships, of independence, of pleasure, of access, and we try to repaint and reclaim our present and future with colors of accessibility, inclusion, and we embrace an alternative disabled sexuality. Being queer, being a male-bodied person who identifies as a woman, being someone who is attracted to men, my body has been a scene of politics for a very, very long time. I feel my identity has also shaped, the way I see my identity has also shaped in a certain way because of the conflict my body has faced in the society. It has been a scene of ridicule, it has been a scene of curiosity, 
it has been a scene of mystery for many many people growing up as, as a queer child uh there were men who were attracted to me and they were aroused by me but also at the same time repulsed some of them said that oh my god you have so much body hair and you call yourself a woman and they made fun of me and i was terrified at the idea because queer people were mostly readily always made fun of in television in cinema everywhere i could see in the streets they were people to be made fun of and i did not want to be in that place i was terrified of the idea and being a woman i being uh, someone who identifies as a woman i felt that uh, to become a woman i have to be a certain way with all the people in the bollywood i saw the hero heroines and all the actresses i saw they were all a certain way and i felt that i have to become like them to to become a woman and i tried to i tried to see youtube videos i tried to do stuff which would apparently feminize me i tried to remove my body hair i was dysphoric about that and it took me a long time of unlearning to take away from move away from that conditioning the society has put in me when we talk about bodies yes queer bodies are almost always erased because i feel um to become a woman is something in the society but to be cisgender and to be a woman is absolutely different from someone who is not cisgender and is a woman because i feel uh yes there is a lot of pressure already if you are a woman you have to you have to be thin you have to be attractive you have to serve the male gaze otherwise you are not attractive and and seeing all those women women trying to serve the male gaze me as a trans child was terrified i felt that okay how will i even go there how will i even achieve that because i am not even close my body is a, is not even like theirs yet i am a woman and how will i become something which would be attractive and there was i could see nothing there was no material there was no uh, i couldn't find any examples of people who were loving their bodies and there were people and a lot of people that i have spoken to always uh, suggested and or, or was always in a process of changing themselves to fit in and i felt that no i can't do that but how is there a way to love my body and i felt i saw nothing that told me that yes i am right and my body is not wrong and my body has the right to exist my body has the right to receive pleasure the way i want to and still continue being a woman irrespective of what irrespective of whatever people say about my body my body deserves dignity and it was so difficult for me to find such a literature or such a example of something that told me that way thank you anusha and riju i think uh, we are also often told that bodies are very personal spaces we are told that it's very intimate and very and very private to us but many socio cultural and political influences shape the way we think about not only our bodies but also the bodies that we interact with and how our entire life experiences are shaped 
through these understandings is you is what you both put out so well so thank you so much for that and just to add to the entire discussion now we come to the second part of what we are talking today that is the effect of body image issues on our mental health this entire construct about body image and this pressure that we all experience from the society to chase a perfect body has very deep impact on our mental health we have we all go through self esteem issues anxiety depression trauma we often self induce it also we eat less or we follow certain kind of diets which might not suit our body or the environment that we are living in it could also be that we do some sort sort of work that requires more energy and more food but we cut on our food supplies just to maintain a perfect ideal body so a lot of eating disorders like bulimia crop up and they have direct influence on our on how we feel and how we think and what happens to our mental health you know it's really interesting that you bring up eating disorders because according to a news report published in pune mirror a chennai based neurobehavioral medicine expert actually said that various studies of indian schools of children have showed that disturbed eating attitudes and behaviors affect about 25 to 40% of adolescent girls and 20% of adolescent boys so this of course was a private study that was conducted but the problem is that eating disorders are still seen as alien to india right there are hardly any studies figures facts available on the prevalence of this disorder in india even when i was researching we were conducting our research for this episode we we could barely find any statistics because it's just a lot of people will not even understand the concept of an eating disorder because there's just such little conversation around it and um, the truth is not only are eating disorders rampant in our country but they can also affect any kind of body type so i'll i'll share something personal uh, with you and all of our listeners i in fact have been suffering from an eating disorder for over a decade now but people usually refuse to acknowledge that it's a real thing or they just tell me that i'm conventionally thin which i am and therefore it makes no sense for me to suffer from this issue and this kind of reiterates the entire myth that it's only a certain kind of body who can have an eating disorder which again makes this more about the body and not so much about the mental health aspect of it right and what people don't understand is that eating disorders are often more than just about losing weight but also seeing weight loss as a sign of control over one's life and for chasing perfection since the idea of perfection for so long has been associated with our bodies and again coming back to my personal experience after a point in time i stopped really seeing my body for what it was like i'd look in the mirror and i would almost feel like i'm looking at something that like i'm looking at a different reflection of myself i just refused to see what my body was like and i started seeing my body only in terms of numbers and and measurements i was punishing my body for not being the way that it was supposed to be and that became my way of dealing with insecurities of course this is a podcast like i said before our listeners can't see me but i'm a short person i have dark complexion excessive body hair and these were all things that were out of my control so i feel like i could only have autonomy over my body through a cycle of weight loss and that's a really dangerous way to think right i often felt like um, 
because it's been a while that I have been trying to overcome this, I really feel like I there was barely any conversation in India. Every conversation, everything that I found online on eating disorders was very West-centric. It was things that I could not relate to. So I really think that as a country, we need to start looking, acknowledging, talking about eating disorders more and more. Thanks for sharing such a personal anecdote, both with our listeners and with me. I think I completely related when you said that you started seeing your body in terms of numbers and measurements and not for what it was. I too have been guilty of installing a lot of weight surveillance apps where, you know, they tell you what to eat and what not to eat and how much to eat. And you continuously are obsessed with these numbers, like how much calories are you eating? What food has how much calorie? And your entire interaction with other people your friends and family also becomes very limited to those kind of conversations so uh, I completely relate with that and whenever we go through such insecurities I think one of the biggest question that we are always confronting is how do we then love ourselves this is a very um, interesting question i feel because there's such polarized opinions on this right do we love ourselves do we accept ourselves do we not care like which of those three are we supposed to be doing around the body because there has been a recent surge in the importance that's been given to self-love and acceptance but also there's years of conditioning and cacophony around the perfect body right and and that's difficult to overcome in a matter of a day. This is an ongoing process that we need to engage with. The entire emotional burden of that should not be falling on the individual, right? There are also companies, corporations, organizations, all of them that are at equal play in pushing this body down our throat, right? So they also need to do something to make sure that there are some changes, right? I think we need to stop, like we had spoken before, villainizing and caricaturizing bodies. Movies need to step it up and start having more representation at their help. And I also think that we need to constantly remind ourselves that ideal beauty standards are a product of capitalism. We're being fed something so people can make money off of our insecurities. And that is something that I think we need to be aware of, that... All of this is just a construct. We're being told something as the universal truth only because people are making money off of it. I think, Nishta, you're pretty positive and you really have hope on these corporations that they will someday change and they will be more, you know, body positive, which they have become over the years, I feel. I feel like now feminism, the F word, has become like a buzzword and they feel it, That they feel that they have to also embrace that and make profits even out of that so for me it is it is i i am the cynical one here i kind of feel that these corporations are gonna make money out of my insecurities out of our feminist ideals out of anything you give them so for me it is always like constantly questioning even very feminist body positive ideas where people say that all shapes and sizes are good and just accept yourself but even that sort of accepting myself is is such it feels like work and I'm not sure if I have space for more work than I already do so yeah I'm the I'm the cynical pessimistic one here well I I think um 
we we kind of need that to balance the podcast but uh, now we actually have some like very interesting guests with us we have amaya and pallavi from the fat so podcast which is a podcast that is about the experiences of fat women living in india who are going to give us their opinions on the entire hullabaloo around self love and acceptance people talk about body positivity a lot I don't have anything against it. Uh it's important, I guess. Uh it's much better than hating your body. But I find the movement and the way it's been socialized a little problematic because of a couple of things. One, if you actually look at the visual representation of the movement and its co-option by brands, you realize that it's not particularly inclusive at all. At the end of the day, you tend to see tallish, whitish, reasonably thin people. I mean not even reasonably thin people just normal sized people who apparently bring the brand so much sort of merit right uh, my other problem with body positivity is a bigger one because you see the problem with the idea of saying love your body is once again you put the onus of the labor upon the person who is being oppressed the oppressive system of fat phobia makes us hate ourselves we spend a lot of re- emotional and mental resources in fighting that hatred now on top of that you want to tell us to constantly put in extra labor to counter the toxic messaging we receive from society and people around us and make ourselves love our bodies no i mean I, I, that's not fair right i mean it's like putting the onus of which we do i suppose it's like putting the onus of uh, feminism on women in the sense that it's like telling women to stay home instead of uh, telling men to not rape which is where fat liberation comes in so fat liberation is the idea that we need to dismantle the sexist and capitalist structures in society that exploit fat bodies that make them a site of revulsion and disgust and there and use that to sell stuff right the point is not that have a beautiful body the point is don't have a fat body here take by this and that's where it becomes really problematic so collectively as a society we need to move away from body positivity as well and move towards body neutrality which is a concept i encountered in sophie hagen's fantastic book happy fat where she points out that you don't have to love your body you can just not care about it and i personally agree with that idea i don't think of my body as a goddess to be worshiped or any of those things my body is a tool my body is is something that i evaluate for what it does to me not for how it looks can i can it carry me around can can it allow me to hike the hike i want to hike does it let me do the sexual positions i want does it um allow me to sleep the way i want to sleep or whatever it is those are the things that i seek to address i'm not particularly fussed about how it looks in this position or that position but this was a long and a slow process and it's not necessarily a process that is done and dusted right because i continue to have issues with this of course there are days when i wish i could be thin tomorrow you ask me to get dressed up and go to a club and depending on my mental health on that particular day i will be like sure and i'll be like no i don't want to go i'll be fat everybody's thin no one will pay attention to me what's the point of going and that's really where the issue is to summarize i would say that the factors at play are one first and foremost sexist and capitalist structures in society two your own ability as an oppressed person to recognize your oppression and this and the issues that come with it uh and three your own ability to overcome all of your oppression and create the resources to fight back and that's a lot and it's a constant fight it doesn't end one day you're like oh i'm no longer i no longer hate my body i'm free no you have to keep working on it for a long time i'm pallavi 
the co-host of Fatso Podcast, where we talk about the joys and sorrows of being fat women in India, more than even body normalization or body positivity. In today's day and age, we need fat acceptance. And this is for all bodies because fat phobia impacts all bodies. So even the, the slim person who's trying to lose even more weight and has eating disorders is someone who's impacted by fat phobia, right? So what is fat liberation or fat acceptance? It's reclaiming the word fat and undoing the conditioning that being fat affects a person's lived experience. At the individual level, it is to first be aware that while this bias exists, it's not true, right? So one needs to find a way to remind oneself and because it's a daily journey. So to me, it's about educating oneself. It's about um, doing the self-care practices that work for you, be that meditation, journaling, exercising, um, gratitude, uh, mirror work, shadow work, therapy, whatever works, right? And the third thing at a personal level is finding community. We're in the age of the internet, so luckily um, community is available to us. But for me, these are the personal tools. At an institutional level, what I would really love to see, which is an ideal, I think, is that the research be done as well as be freely and readily available, that that research be actually included in medical care, at least if not education at all levels, and that at a policy level, institutions are more inclusive of all bodies. But as I said, that may be a distant dream. So at the bare minimum, having medical care that is designed for larger bodies or all kinds of bodies, having clothes and uh, spaces that are available to all bodies would be the least one could expect from institutions. I think Amya and Pallavi have summed it up really well for us. I think we have presented our listeners with really contrasting ideas sometimes. But that's the point, right? We do not want to live within societal binaries. We do not want to live between what is desirable and what is not, but try to think beyond that, to think how our body is political, how our body shapes our experiences and our experiences shapes our bodies. So these sort of conversations are not going to be easy. They're not going to be dichotomous. They are not going to be just contrasting and conflicting to one another, but it will become a little problematic sometimes. Sometimes it will become difficult to get a, a clear picture of w- how we want to think about our bodies and how we want our bodies to affect positively on our mental health and we hope that we have been able to take the conversation a little bit further than it was before yes and next week we're going to be talking about something very interesting i'm sexting with my partner but is the cyber world safe so make sure you join us for that episode follow feminism in india on all social media platforms and we'll be back next to next thursday tune in for the next episode and thanks so much for listening in